Good morning. Hi, my name's Aaron Flay. I'm excited to be with you guys this morning. Um, so for those of you that don't know, I am on the church council here. Uh, actually, about a year ago, I was given the role of missions coordinator. So uh, Mark talked about all the different ministries that we support. So uh, I've been tasked with kind of being the liaison between them, uh, kind of bringing uh, the body together in that way. And I've been communicating with a lot of those ministries in the past year and trying to share that out with you guys and, and see how we can build those relationships better. Um, above that, I'm a, a husband. Um, also a father of four daughters. Uh, Brian Connolly calls that a four-star general. Uh, I joined him with my last daughter, but I, I'm not a five-star general, which is absolutely amazing. Um, John is. Um, and I'm also a teacher, um, and uh, I think most importantly, I'm a servant of God. And when I just think about what Jesus did for me, what he did on the cross, uh, in communion this morning is just thinking about him in the Garden of Gethsemane, literally blood coming out of his pores, and just the amazing sacrifice and what he did for for me, what he did for us. He uh, he rescued me, picked me up, put me on solid ground. So I want to serve him for the rest of my days, uh, and that's what I'm here to talk to you guys about today. So we've been having um, this fair uh, to to basically encourage everybody to plug in and serve here at church. Um, and that's still going on, so if you haven't done so, please take some time to walk around the lobby and check out the different ministries within Praise that you can get plugged into, especially for those of you that maybe have just been coming for a short amount of time uh, and you haven't gotten plugged in. That is the way to not only like do what God wants you to do, but also to fellowship with the people here. I know just from my experiences, it's how I've gotten to know so many people and really build solid relationships is when you're serving side by side. So I encourage you to check that out. I'm going to be talking today about serving outside of these four walls um, and tying in those different ministries that, that we do support. Um, so I just want to start with um, kind of a, a quick exercise um, and you can kind of continue this conversation on your way home maybe, but I want you to think um, of all the people in the Bible, Old and New Testament, who do you connect with the most? Who's like your biblical kindred spirit? I'll give you a second to kind of think about that. Who's the one that when you read, it kind of jumps out the page and you're like, I kind of, I relate to that person a lot. I don't know if anybody had a chance to ever think about that or maybe something came to you quickly. If not, you can think about it later. Um, just a quick show of hands here. Is there anybody in here who's, uh, who's thinking Mary Magdalene? Any Mary Magdalene's in here? I see any hands. Maybe you guys need more time to think about that. Any Peters in here? Yeah. Got some Peter. Oh, all right. Any Jesus? Anybody brave enough to say, all right, hey, that's, that's where we're all going, right? We want to, we, our ultimate goal. Um, I, was, I was thinking about it, and I would say that my, my biblical kindred spirit would be Barnabas, actually, Real name is Joseph the Levite, and uh, he kind of really came on the scene in Acts, but he was uh, hanging with the disciples for a while and well-respected. Uh, they nicknamed him the Son of Encouragement. Um, I feel like that's part of why God has me here. And uh, one of the things that Barnabas did was he, he vouched for Paul. So Paul, as you guys know before, when he was Saul, he was persecuting Christians. He was there for the stoning of Stephen. The disciples knew about this, and when they heard of this conversion, they were actually afraid 
of, of Paul. They were not really welcoming him into the ministry, but Barnabas vouched for him, brought him to the disciples, and then as soon as uh, they kind of all got together, he hit the ground running, and the rest is history. And we know the story of uh, the rest of Acts, um, just full of miracles, also full of persecution too, which uh, is always kind of interesting to look at that. But anyway, his ministry was amazing. It was the beginning of the church. He and Peter um, just knocked it out of the park. And uh, I feel like that's why I'm here today is to, to bring some ministries before you so that you can hopefully hit the ground running um, and, and plug in and serve in some new ways. I know a lot of you in here uh, are already serving in, in amazing ways. Uh, maybe some of you uh, are not, uh, or those who are serving, maybe we, there's, there's a greater level that you can go into. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I want to start a little bit, uh, sharing a little bit about my own story. Um, not going to go into too much depth, but um, when I grew up, I grew up in a loving home. Um, actually went to church, but I can't say I was in any kind of relationship with God. When I went to college, I had plenty of seeds that had been planted in my soul, but uh, they never really bore fruit until I was later in my 20s. Uh, but there was always that kind of pull that I knew Holy Spirit was there because uh, I never felt comfortable with the lifestyle that I was living. It didn't necessarily pull me out of it right away, uh, but it just never felt, felt right. Um, anyway, while I was in college at Millersville, um, I had a friend uh, who was pretty wild, uh, but he had a line, he had like a motto, and it was, don't talk about it, be about it. And he used that line a lot, like when we were playing games, talking trash, playing foosball or something like that. Um, but he was by no means a prophet of God. Um, but those words, like, they stuck with me, and it kind of became a, a motto that I adopted, don't talk about it, be about it. And I think it's pretty, uh, pretty good point to tie into to the message today. Anyway, while I was in Millersville, uh, like I said, I'm a teacher, so I was taking education classes, and at Millersville, they send you out into Lancaster City Schools to get a lot of your experiences, and at one time, I was in uh, Ross Elementary in the city and was in a first grade classroom, um, just get my feet wet as a teacher, basically, but I was, I remember being on the floor with some kids doing an activity, and this one little boy was just climbing all over me, and he just kept saying, you're so big, and like didn't have a father or like a, a really a male role model in his life. Actually, he said, I'll never forget, he said his daddy's in the castle and in Lancaster, that's, that's the prison. Um, and I remember walking out of school, walking out of the school that day and just carrying this burden and just feeling so brokenhearted and seeing, you know, from those experiences, seeing just the brokenness that exists, seeing so many kids without fathers, so many kids without a role model. And uh, then at Millersville, there's a, a pizza shop called House of Pizza at Millersville. And people know it by Hope High. I was at Hope High, and I saw a, a sign for Big Brothers, Big Sisters. And uh, Dan's motto kind of rang, rang in my head, don't talk about it, be about it. I've been talking about, you know, just seeing the brokenness, seeing these things.
uh, saw the sign for Big Brothers Big Sisters and um, thought in my head, don't talk about it, be about it, let's do something about this. And I called the number and um, it was actually 20 years ago this week, uh, which is pretty wild uh, for the timing, but 20 years ago this week I found myself in a kitchen with a caseworker and was meeting my new little brother. And it was this scrawny little kid with a big smile on his face. And he was climbing all over me, just kind of like that kid in the classroom. And uh, his name was Corey. And that might ring a bell for some of you guys. And actually, Corey is now in the tech booth in the back right now. Corey, please step out, you big, black, beautiful man. Where are you at? There he is. And God orchestrated that in such an awesome way. We're actually gone after the second service to celebrate our 20-year match anniversary and watch the Eagles beat the Steelers and eat some chicken wings. Um, but anyway, it was just cool how God brought that together. And that motto, don't talk about it, be about it. I've shared it with Corey many times. He's heard me say that. Um, but I think it's pretty fitting for where we're at in the church today. Uh, there's a lot to see, a lot of brokenness around us, a lot of things that we can talk about, things that we can even complain about. Uh, there's enough hypocrites out there. We don't need people just talking. We need some people doing some stuff. So I want to challenge you guys today and, and talk about how we can get plugged in. Um, so going back to, to my 20s, um, after I graduated, I, be, I did become a teacher. And early in my career, I was actually teaching science. Um, I don't teach science anymore, but I love teaching science because almost every series of why questions points to God. And he is just such an amazing creator. I mean, creation is just amazing. And studying it is pretty cool when you have that lens. Um, and anyway, one of the things I was teaching early, early on was about Newton's laws of motion. Does anybody know anything about Newton's laws? They know the first law. Maybe some people in school are it's more, more recent. Um, anyway, the first law is actually called inertia. And what that means is an object in motion will stay in motion unless acted upon by an outside force. And those outside forces basically means gravity or friction. But um, everything has gravitational pull. The larger an object, the greater the gravitational pull. Um, and I, I remember giving this example in class, and it kind of blows your mind just to think about how God created everything. It's amazing. But if you were to go into outer space away from any planet or any object with a gravitational pull, and you would throw a ball, that ball would continue going at the same rate and in the same direction indefinitely. Um, until an outside force acts on that. And I think the same is true with people. You know, we see, we see generations continuing the same things, things that, that uh, struggles that, that are passed down through generations. We see a lot of brokenness, people who are lost. And they're probably going to continue in that path unless somebody comes and is an outside force acting on that. And I think that's our, our role as the church. We need to be that outside force. We need to have that gravitational pull of Jesus to bring them in and show them a better way and to intervene and intercede for them. And there's a lot of cool things that are happening. There's a lot of people that are, are stepping up and answering that call. But we need to do that 
for people's lives to be that outside force and, and in our communities, in York City, and in our nation. Um, so I hope that we can walk out of here, um, that Holy Spirit's going to guide you guys into greater service uh, to, to help to be that outside force. So this is called a call to action. Um, and I want to just share a few verses that I think are the purpose for this. And uh, if you guys could join me, I'd love for you to join me in the word. Um, there's quite a few verses we're going to be going over today. And I, I think it's good to get into the word. Um, I've, I've shared the gospel before. And anytime I like share something like this, it's kind of a relief to know that, like, God has already spoken through the word. I do want him to speak through me, but this is always a, you can't go wrong in reading scripture. So I definitely want to rely on that today um, to tie that into to the message that I have for you guys. So we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 2. So if you have your Bible, if you could go there, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. This is one Pastor Adam's been hitting hard, and I think it is worth bringing up again. It's It's been uh, actually... A verse I've been meditating a lot on over the last few years, really. But it reads, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That just blows my mind that the works that we were created to do, God already knows. He already prepared them. The question is, are we going to step into them? I think... Uh, Sometimes we miss it, but you always know when you're stepping into those good works and there's no sweeter place to be. The next one is probably on the next page, Ephesians chapter 3, 20 and 21. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations. I think the cool part there is he's able to do immeasurably more than, than all we ask or imagine according to his work within us. So the works that he has for us are way greater than anything we could even imagine. And he's already got it prepared for you. The next verse I want to check out is in Hebrews. And it's, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. That last line kind of hits home because... That day might be approaching, we'll never know the hour, but we need to be ready. And I think it's important for that last part, too, just to show how important it is that we do it together, that we spur each, each other on, that we be unified in serving. So all those together just kind of set the, the purpose for what we're, what we're trying to do today. God's got works prepared for you. They're greater than you can even imagine. If we do it together, God's going to do some amazing things. So I was listening to the radio this week. I heard a preacher on the radio and um, asked this question. I thought it was pretty poignant. Um, and he said, if you would be arrested because of your faith, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Fortunately, we don't really have to worry too much about that in our country. Some places do. But would there be enough evidence to convict you? What would that evidence look like? And 
Faith bears fruit. So I want to read from James 2 right now. If you guys could join me in James chapter 2. I'm going to read a good chunk of scripture here. It's actually 14 to 25, but I think the whole thing is good and ties right in. So I'm just going to read through this here. James chapter 2, 14 through 25. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But some will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. That line's worth repeating. You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off to a different location. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So our faith and our deeds need to walk side by side. Not one getting ahead of the other. We can get ourselves in trouble if we allow our faith to go ahead without deeds or if we try to jump our deeds ahead without having the faith. So as they walk side by side, that's what serving is all about. So that line that uh, verse 22, I'll just read it again. You see that his faith, talking about Abraham, and his actions were working together. I love that line. So there's a lot of people that are doing it. They're serving. Their faith and their actions are walking together into the, the good works that God has prepared for them. I know everybody in here in this room, you've got that thing. You've got that, that compassion towards something, someone, some group. You've got your, that nudge on your heartstrings that you know God's calling you into something. Um, and it might be that you are being called to start your own ministry. But maybe there's already somebody doing that ministry that you can partner with. Because you don't always, it doesn't always need to be your thing. Um, so anyway, what I want to do for the next, probably take five or ten minutes, I want to highlight the different ministries that Praise supports. Um, just to let you know, I think it's good for us to know. Uh, I was talking with Gretchen Yost before the service, and, you know, when we give money... We don't always see, and I think Mark mentioned it too, we don't always see the fruit of that. But there's amazing stuff happening 
uh, with the different ministries that we're supporting. So I want to highlight some of those things. And you may have noticed we've had ministry spotlights happening in the last few months. We're going to continue with that just to make sure that you guys are aware of what's going on. But uh, anyway, we're going to go through some slides right now. So if you could get those ready, that'd be great. And I'm just going to highlight a few things about each ministry. They're all on the wall out there. Uh, I'm going to be at a table out in the, in the lobby afterwards. Um, I can't say I know all the details of every single one of these ministries, but I can answer some questions. And then my goal is to get some people plugged in here to help out with this. So anyway, here's where your money goes anytime you give to praise. First one is the, uh, the Church of God. Um, and I'm just going to kind of summarize each one. You can read the, basically the mission and vision statement of each one up there on the screen. So their, their goal is to communicate the full gospel of Jesus Christ. Next one is Faith Like Birds Ministry. Yeah, woo. Brian Connolly started that a few years ago, leaving us as a pastor but doing amazing things. And he's called to be a voice to a generation, raise up the next generation uh, of teens and young adults and doing amazing things. Next one is New Life for Girls. They were just here a few weeks ago. And what a ministry, what an amazing program they have. That's for those who are struggling with life-controlling problems such as drug and alcohol addiction, eating disorders, and sexual abuse issues. Next one is far away, not, not anywhere near Dover, but we're in China for Loaves and Fishes. Um, I'll talk a little bit about them a little more later, but... Um, as members of God's family, they're responsible to care for orphans and widows. And they do amazing things with a lot of kids with special needs there in China. The next one is called Village of Hope, and that's in Uganda. They provide safe homes, education, trauma counseling, and spiritual guidance for former, former child soldiers and children orphaned through the effects of war and poverty. Next one's called the Holy Land Ministries in Israel. They focus on Muslims who have not been exposed to authentic Christians and the biblical message that they live out every day. Next one's called Convicted by Christ in New Mexico. They focus on men struggling with addictions and a variety of uh, issues such as substance abu ab abuse and mental instabilities. Next one's called Shores of Grace. This is in Brazil. The Billmans have come come here to speak pretty regularly over the years and uh, always have amazing testimonies to share. They, they rescue and restore those individuals and families who have been wounded by prostitution, abuse, abandonment, and poverty in Recife in Brazil. Next one is in India. It's called Kingdom Foundations Ministries. That's Ravi Kandal. Uh, his goal is to release clarity, set people into identity, and restore broken hearts and heal hardened hearts. Next one is local here in York, Sparrow Place. They shared just a few weeks ago. Um, they've been loving and healing women, survivors of sex trafficking and prostitution for over 20 years. Next one's in Red Lion, 18 South. If you ever drive through Red Lion, especially on a weekday evening, you probably see lots of kids hanging out there. Uh, it's right on the main street. Um, and that's an organization that strives to bring hope to teens through authentic relationships built on the gospel of Jesus. Next one is in Texas, led by Todd White. It's Lifestyle Christianity, encouraging people to walk in their God-given identity by equipping people to encounter Jesus daily. Next one's here in York. It's actually not considered a Christian organization, but it's the York City Police and their GVI 
unit, GVI is Group Violence Intervention. And their uh, mission is to facilitate law enforcement strategies that equally engage police with the community. Towards the common goal of reducing gun-related violence, on Tuesday night, um, Nilda and Pastor and Adam and I had an opportunity to go to what they call a call-in, where they take gang members who are just recently arrested on uh, probation, and they kind of lay out uh, for them, here's, here's what life can look like for you if you continue to um, kind of do the gang thing, and, and then also uh, a message of hope, here's what, what life could like if you decide to change, and we want to come alongside them and, and, again, be that outside force. We saw 12 gang members uh, there, maybe 18, 19, just looking lost. And what if we could come alongside them and, and shift their trajectory? Um, so they're doing some awesome things. And we also have some praise members joining the York City Police Department. It's just, uh, I think God's got some cool stuff there. Um, anyway, the next one is called Life Water International. Um, they are committed to ending the global water and sanitation crisis one village at a time. They are all over the world doing cool things. Next one is our very own Ryan Bastris, Wake Ministries. He wants to see people dream with God to live radically for him. Next one is in York as well called Great Reward Ministries in Wrightsville. They want uh, all people are welcomed and embraced, consistently growing in the Father's love, passionate to exalt Jesus in obedience in the Holy Spirit. Next one's in Harrisburg called uh, Love the Hill, part of Wild Heart. Got some claps for that. It's an inner city initiative of Wild Heart for one of Harrisburg's most needy neighborhoods. And our youth has been a big part of that. Um, Deeper Still is next. It was founded uh, from Lisa's heartfelt desire to see people of God not only know the truths of God's word, but to go deeper still. Next one's called Sweet, Sweet Grace Ministries, and they offer resources to families enduring ectopic pregnancy, miscarriage, stillbirth, life-limiting diagnosis, and infant death. Next one's called PA Family Institute. They're working to strengthen families by restoring to public life the traditional foundational principles and values essential for the well-being of society. Next one is City Quake. They're empowering Christians to become powerful witnesses for Jesus, moving in signs and wonders every day. And the last two are praise families that stepped out in faith to create these ministries. The next one's called Heaven's Lighthouse. Heaven's Lighthouse, Keith and Sarah Lindsay started this years ago, and um, their, their goal is to provide a place of restoration for those who need a place of peace and hope while experiencing the love of God, and they are just working diligently to do that. Also, quick plug for them, you saw it on the slides, but I want to uh, give a shout out that their silent auction is on November 19th, and it is right before the, the holidays, right before Thanksgiving, so you can get some um, really cool gifts. They have a lot of stuff that you can come check out. It's on November 19th, so you can check that out uh, on the website. And then the last one is our newest edition. Uh, actually just birthed this, this year, and they're like 
I'd say their kickoff banquet happened last night. It's called Zongi Bikes, and Jess and AJ Dixon have been um, stepping out in faith, being obedient to their calling, and started a ministry uh, that is meant to empower Africans living in rural Kenya with bikes. Uh, so that's, that's pretty cool. They had an awesome time last night with that, uh, getting things started. So anyway, those are the different ministries that, that we're supporting. This is where people are, are putting faith in action, where their faith and their deeds are lining up. And uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. So I wanted you to be aware of it just to kind of know where your money's going. But also, um, in my role, I get to kind of oversee. I, I've spent the last year kind of reaching out and talking with these uh, different organizations. And I, it's just been such a blessing to me just to hear the testimonies and the stories. And I want to invite you, if you're looking for a way to plug in and serve, um, I am not that great with communication and detail in general um, and would like to really create a team that goes, goes after this together because I think it's, it's a unifying the body of Christ. Um, anyway, I, I want to talk a little bit about serving. Um, just in general, when, when you do step out in faith, when you are obedient and you do serve, um, there's a couple realities that are good to know. It's not always nice and tidy and neat. Um, sometimes it's actually messy. So a couple things just to kind of keep in mind as you may consider uh, stepping out and serving in different ways. One is that you got to be careful that we don't pull our identity from our serving. You know, we're not doing this for us. We're doing it for Christ. Colossians 3.3 says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So we're not doing it to feel good, to feed our ego, to build our reputation. It's all about him, and that's got to be our motive. Matthew 6.1 says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. That's pretty strong words. Another thing to keep in mind is that you can't give what you don't have. So when I mentioned about your faith and works walking side by side, that faith part is crucial. Don't step into deeds and works if you're not spending time with Christ and growing in him and have the faith. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The flip side of that is sometimes we can say, well, I'm not there yet. I can't serve yet. I have a little bit more growing to do. But there's also the, the principle of stewardship and a lot of parables that go along with that. But whoever can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. So that's from Luke 16.10. Sometimes it's, a, it's baby steps, stepping out in faith. So for those of you that are in this room, I know some of you are serving in great ways already. But for those of you that are maybe like thinking, I, I need to do something. I need to step out. Take that little step and watch God come alongside and, and watch what happens. And then you can be trusted with that little into the next thing. It can get messy serving now. Anybody know what the fastest growing church in the world is? What country? If you were at the Zongi Bikes thing last night, you already know this. Yeah, a lot of people said China. It's actually Iran. And there's quite a few sources that say that. I don't know how measurable that is. But um, just think about that. Why is Iran the fastest growing church in the world? Persecution. It's actually promised that there's going to be persecution. 
So it gets messy when you serve. There might be persecution. We, a lot of us don't really know, me included, what real persecution looks like or feels like. But Paul showed it. Paul read, wrote a lot about it. And like I said before, the book of Acts is full of miracles, all the awesome th things we need to read, but it's also full of a lot of persecution. It can get messy. We can grow weary if we're not firmly rooted. I remember Loaves and Fishes, the one ministry in China, the Van Halls came here and spoke. This was many years ago, but I'll never forget Dina Van Hall. She, she kind of laid it out there. Their ministry is tough, and it's grueling at times. And she just put all of it out there, not just the, the fancy, finished, polished presentation of here's all these cool testimonies, here's all the stuff that goes behind it. And it just it marked me then, and I just realized, like, oh, when you get into it, you got to be ready for that. You know, I met with Chris Kenna, who runs 18 South, about two weeks ago for breakfast. I was saying, if you ever go there, you see all these kids hanging out outside. All those kids, they get, I, I don't remember the exact, I want to say 50, 60 kids on a normal weeknight. And each one of those kids is coming with their own baggage. It's not always clean, not always nice and neat. But he's there loving on them. And uh, it's pretty awesome. So the verse uh, I was kind of magnified when I was talking with him was Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And the other thing, too, to keep in mind is that there is an adversary. There is an enemy prowling who wants to stop you. And we have to be ready for that. I just wrapped up a class with Paul Lauer on spiritual warfare, and this just became a lot more evident to me that we need to be ready for that. Um, real quick, I want to uh, take you guys to the Old Testament, to Nehemiah chapter 4. This follows up what Adam was saying last week with the, uh, when the Israelites were rebuilding the temple. He had a cool picture and was drawing things. Uh, I won't be doing that. It won't look like anything. Um, but while they were rebuilding the temple and building the walls, there was enemies trying to stop them. So if you go to Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, you can join me there. It says, But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard the repairs to Jerusalem walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were, were beginning to be closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. Sometimes when we're serving, he wants to come and stir up trouble against us. If you go on later in, in Nehemiah 4, 15 to 17, this is kind of cool. It says, this is Nehemiah speaking. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. This last line I love, it says, those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And I think that's how we need to go into service. Ready to work, but ready to fend off the enemy. We have to be prepared for some spiritual warfare when that happens. And if you haven't read Ephesians 6 about spiritual warfare, definitely need to do that. So I want to go to uh, Revelation next. 
Revelation chapter 2, verse 19 and 20. This is when John was on Patmos and uh, met with Jesus. Jesus showed up, so it's red letters, messages to the churches. This is to the church of Thyatira. It's Revelation 2, 19 to 20. Jesus said, I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first, and that sounds good. I always think, like, what if there was a message from Jesus to the church here at Praise? What would it be? Like, th that sounds pretty good right there. I'd like that. But then it continues, and it even talks about service. Your faith in your service was good. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants onto sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to, to idols. There's temptations. There are things out there that want to take us away from the work that we have. So we have to be aware of the spiritual implications, the spiritual battles that might ensue as we step out and as we serve. That's a huge part of it. I think we need to, to make a little bit bigger. So I'm going to start to wrap up here. Um, and the last couple verses I want to head to, I want to go to Matthew. If you guys could join me in Matthew chapter 9. 937 to 38. This is Jesus talking again. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. The harvest is plentiful. You can look around and see there's plenty of brokenness around. Plenty of people that need to hear the good news of Jesus. So I'm going to read just a little bit from 1 Corinthians, and we're going to pray. While I read this, what I'd, I'd invite you guys to do is to open your phones. And if you go to praiseyork.com and you click on give, I'm not asking you to give, um, if you click on give and then go to supported ministries, you can see all of those ministries that we went over. And I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians, which is all about unity in the body, about one body being of many parts. And you can see that how these ministries all work together to be the body of Christ here in York and globally um, and maybe see where you might fit in. And maybe it's in one of these ministries. Maybe it's something else. Um, but if you could just check that out. If not now, check it out later when you get a chance. But this is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one, bo form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. Then it goes on to say about each body part kind of having its own specific role. Each ministry that we have here has its own specific role. Each one of you has your own specific role. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. This is later on. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. So I looked up um, parts of the body, and I think an important part are, are tendons and ligaments. They're the, the parts that bring muscle and bone and, and the connections between them. 
So I, I want to invite you guys to be that in the church. Um, that's kind of part of my role. And if you feel like that might be something that you're, you're being called to or gifted in, um, please come see me at the table out there. I, I do need uh, some people to help to bring this together to see how these ministries can be unified to have even greater impact. Maybe there's one of those ministries that your heart was kind of beating a little bit harder for and that you might be called to. I'd love to talk with you and see how maybe we can um, set something up that you could be um, be working with them, maybe get plugged in or maybe just be helping with communication with that, with that ministry. So I want to wrap up in prayer. So if you guys um, just want to bow your heads and I want to make sure I don't forget this as well. Um, I'm talking about outside of the walls, how you can serve and the different ministry opportunities that are out there, but there are so many ways to serve in the church. So please stop by the other tables that are out there to see the different ministries happening within these four walls and the amazing things that are happening there. And I encourage you guys to just serve, serve as much as you can. He is worthy of our time. Um, he is worthy of our service. And uh, I just pray that you guys would, would um, be challenged by that. So, so Father God, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for for spurring us on towards love and good deeds. I thank you that you have already thought of us. You've already prepared good works for us. I thank you that those good works that you've prepared for us are far greater than anything that we could ever ask or imagine. God, help us to dream with you. Help us to see. Help, I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us into... Um, into what you would have for us. Lord, I pray that we would have boldness to step out in faith, to be obedient. Lord, I pray for unity in the body of Christ in this room. I pray for unity in the body of Christ in this nation. Lord, that we could come together and make a, a greater impact, like your word says, greater than anything we could even ask or imagine. So Lord, I pray for your people to answer the call that we would not only talk about it, but we would be about it. And Lord, I just thank you for everybody here. I pray that you would, would bless them, that you would encourage them, that you would protect them as they go today. And God, we just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, be blessed. Enjoy your Sunday and go Eagles. Thanks for watching. We hope today's message was encouraging and convicting. If you have any general questions for us, feel free to email us at info at praiseyork.com. If you'd like to sow into the ministry of praise, visit praiseyork.com give, and be sure to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date with happenings here at Praise.